Hello, this is Jacqueline Kitzman, and this is the Awaken Tarot Podcast. And uh, now it is time for everybody's favorite part of the podcast, current events. We have a onslaught of anti-transgender legislation being thrown pretty much all around the U.S. Tennessee passed an anti-drag bill, which means that drag performances are now a literal fucking felony in the state of Tennessee. Florida is on the way to passing three different forms of legislation, which essentially would make it illegal for adults to have gender-affirming care or transition. It would make it illegal for children to be able to have gender-affirming care or transition. Could let you go, you could like lose your children. Um, it's a it's a hellscape. Um, if you live in the state of Florida, please call your representatives. Please attend hearings that you are able to put your money where you can to organizations that are helping pass legislation or fight this legislation. Because, wow, it's devastating, okay? It's fucking devastating. We have to do what we can to be allies. We have to do what we can to help protect the trans people in our communities, our friends, our family, what, you know, our fucking neighbors, like, people we don't know. Like, you just, like, you know, it is literally the bare minimum we can do to make people aware. It is It is not, like, I will, if you are uncomfortable with calling representatives or you don't know what to say, I will literally, I will send you a script. You can message me on Instagram, Awaken Tarot, or email me, awakentarotnashville at gmail.com. I will figure out who your representatives are. I will figure out their email addresses. I will write you out exactly what you should send. Um, I will figure it out, okay? It is the very least that we can do. And it is a very scary time. There is, of course, a revolution happening in Iran. We need to, it's getting actively harder to find voices talking about that, probably because of, you know, voice suppression. But keep your eye on that. Keep it in the back of your brain that that's happening, as well as the war in Ukraine. Keep your eye on that. Um, Think about what's happening there. Unfortunately, Russia is kind of looking like it's going to attack Moldova next. Moldova is not a part of NATO. but it once was Soviet territory, so Russia apparently feels like they can have it, which they can't. But, um, you know, Moldova is very aware of the fact that they could be next on Russia's path to imperialism. So please just kind of keep your eyes on the news on that forefront. There are some really fucking awful Jim Crow era laws that were passed this week in Mississippi. For those who have heard that but don't specifically know what law was passed essentially, and please forgive me if I get some details wrong. I have researched this. I have, try- I have tried my best to understand it so that I could explain it here. So I want to take a moment to kind of break that down. Mississippi is a predominantly black state. It has a conservative white governor who has just passed a legislation that would make it so rather than the people who live in Mississippi voting for who is going to be ju- head judge in in their area, uh, the governor has decided that they will just begin appointing people. This is going to matter because this is also going to affect the police force of Mississippi. This is going to affect the judge in Mississippi. And what this means is that if you have a white conservative governor who is appointing a conservative judge, sheriff, whatever, in communities that are primarily black, y'all see where I'm going with this, right? It's racism and voter suppression and making sure that black people do not have a voice and will not have fair trials and will not have the protections and rights they deserve when being stopped by police. It's a very dangerous and very scary thing. And so when I talk about on the podcast voter suppression and I get a message like, there is no such thing as voter suppression. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And we're seeing it here happen. 
what can be done, we can make a really big, loud stink about it. Um, it would be really easy to say vote, but they have actively made it so that people's votes, specifically black people's votes, do not matter in the state of Mississippi. We need to be looking at that and we need to be figuring out what the next step is. If you live in Mississippi, if you don't live in Mississippi, we all need to be kind of like looking at that because if Mississippi has passed these laws, it's only a matter of time before other very red states like Texas, Florida also look into these laws. And I will be researching um, and I will come back the next week with some sort of link or advice or, hey, we can all do this or we can listen to these people or we can throw our support behind this organization or something. I'll be actively trying to figure out where I can throw my support behind, what little extra money I have behind, just putting the links on the show notes of this podcast and acknowledging it here. Um, yes. So let's move on. Unfortunately, with all of those terrible, terrible things I just talked about, let's move on to the, uh, the card we're going to talk about. And I um, I knew that we had not talked about this card because a few weeks ago, someone messaged me and was like, I see you haven't done this this episode yet. So I've been waiting for this card to pop up and I'm excited to talk about it. It is the Ten of Swords. This is one of those cards in the tarot that people get very triggered by. There, it, It's very confusing. The imagery for it is often very bleak. Um, I've, of course, got the Smith Rider weight version of this deck, and that's what I teach this podcast with. So let me break down what the imagery of this is here. Okay, so you've got a person uh, with 10 swords in their back. They are laying on the beach. They are half covered in a red shroud. They're, face, they're facing away from you, so you see the back of their head. Um, you can see red spots in the sand, which is, we assume, blood. Um, there's an ocean there's mountains, there's a yellow sky, and then up above specifically where this person is laying with the knives in their back, you've got black sky. It's just all really stormy looking, desolate looking sky, okay? So the imagery for pretty much any deck you see for this specific card is gonna be betrayal at two brute, death, victim, ow sad face um and that is not at all how i read this card let me explain a couple things so when you pull this card do not get anxious do not freak out i have pulled this card many many times and have never been betrayed stabbed in the back have never had someone break my heart have never had someone attempt to murder me um, I should hold it up for the people I'm videoing this for on Patreon. Hey, look, it's the card I'm talking about, you guys. Ha! Um, I, it, this card just doesn't, like, it doesn't just mean terrible, terrible, awful, heartbreak, depression-y things. Um, can those things play a facet in when this card is pulled? Yeah, of course, but it can play a facet in any card that's pulled because sadness and regret and feeling betrayed are all parts of the human experience, but they're not specifically associated with the Ten of Swords, okay? So the word that I would give people for the Ten of Swords when this card comes up is survival. Um, cards one through 10 of each suit are us going through a state of mastery with the ace, okay? 
It's us learning all there is to know about it. And then by the time we hit the 10, we are in a state of mastery. We have completed some sort of cycle with this energy, with this suit, with this card, okay? From here, we go from learning about the ace to the court cards where we're actually using the ace in different ways. We're in a state of mastery and using the ace in, in as, as a master of that element, uh, of that gift. Uh, so my version of the Ten of Swords, the way that I teach it and the thing and the, and the word that I feel is more apt to its meaning is survival, not betrayal, not victimhood, not I got stabbed, not et tu brute. It's survival. Let me explain that. So we go through the suit of swords and we take and we and we kind of accumulate swords, right? We accumulate experiences. We accumulate different kinds of big T and little T traumas. We accumulate a lot of different thoughts and ideas and ways of seeing the world or perceive um, ways of perceiving the world. Perceptions would be a good word for it. We achieve a lot of different feelings we've had to work through. We have gone through a lot of things. We've had to analyze a lot of choices, a lot of things that we, you know, like embarrassing experiences to triumphs to heartbreak, all of those things. And I think in the 10 of swords, all of the swords in this person is essentially saying like, you have taken every single sword there is to take. You've survived it and you survived all of them. So you will survive this. When we pull the 10 of swords, sometimes you'll pull it and you're happy and you're like, what? I, I'm about to get married. I trust this person implicitly. What is a, what is a, you know, I, you go to tarot and you say something like, give me a message about this, about this marriage. And you pull the 10 of swords and you're like, oh my God, he's going to betray me. He's going to cheat on me. He's going to leave me. He's going to hurt me. And no, it's saying like, hey, you have gone through heartbreak. You have been stabbed. You have been stabbed. You have been betrayed. You have felt regret. You have felt, you have been in love and then fallen out of love or been in love and then had to learn how to live without that person. And now you have survived all of that. And now you are with this person and you are putting an end to the story. You're putting a fucking pin in it. You're putting the ending pin in it you're saying and it's done not your story is done not your marriage is done not your relationship is done but we this part of my journey of finding love of finding acceptance of finding someone who I want to spend the rest of my life with that journey is done and now I get to do the living part I've done the having to die to myself part I've done the having to go through the lifeline and the death line and now I'm kind of moving through the rebirth part where I have done the thing that I came to do I have learned about the things that I've come to learn about and now I'm getting married and that part of my journey is done and over with. I survived it. I made it to the other side. That is the energy of the Ten of Swords. It'll show up in brilliantly, enthusiastically happy situations as often as it's going to show up when you're feeling a little down, okay? When you're feeling down, when you're going through depression and you're feeling maybe a little like you want to just yeet yourself out of, out of existence and you're going to the tarot and you pull this card this card is coming up and it is a comfort. It is a hug. It is saying, and the amount of times I have pulled this card for that exact mental health scenario is astounding. It is not saying, yeah, it is saying you have survived worse than this. You have survived everything life is thrown at you. You have survived. You are powerful and you are strong and you are capable. And yeah, you're getting hit with a lot of swords. Yeah, you're having to come to terms with a lot of swords. Yeah, mental health is a bitch. You're also surviving it. You also have survived it. You survived it the last time you were here. You're going to survive it this time you're here. It's all a cycle. 
in the suit of swords, what I think is really interesting about it is that you're going to feel the fucking best you've ever felt in this suit. And you're going to feel the fucking worst you've ever felt in this suit. And it does not pertain to any single card. One of the cards that I pull from my for my marriage and my relationship with my husband all of the time is the three of swords. And you may think to yourself, Jacqueline, that seems like a problem. And it's it's not because threes are about expansion and about how are my thoughts affecting my feelings? How are my feelings affecting my thoughts? And it's all about how those things grow together. You want to know what's really, really, really awesome about my marriage is that I have never felt more emotionally safer than in this relationship. I've never felt safer to have an anxiety attack and be understood. I've never felt safer to cry. I've never felt safer to show Gabe because you all know at this point that I have been drawing and not well, but I have been drawing. I've never felt safer to be vulnerable and showing him something I'm bad at knowing he's not going to ridicule me, right? Like, that is three of swords. It does not exclusively mean heartbreak, awful, blat, cheating, sadness. It means an expansion of something. Okay. Pamela Coleman Smith took the most evocative emotion she could and attributed it to her cards. Not the end all be all of the meaning, just an evocative picture. Here we have a very Julius Caesar-esque picture of a person on their laying down with a bunch of swords in their back their face facing the sunrise there over them hangs a big storm cloud over them is kind of desolate they've got a lot of swords that they're dealing with they've they got a lot going on their mental health may not be super pristine okay but they're facing a sunset the waters are not turbulent pamela coleman smith does a lot with water throughout the deck and throughout the different cards and when you pull it you can kind of sense specifically in the six of swords right in the suit of swords um You've got the person leading that mother and child in a canoe from the troubled, wavy, like choppy waters to the smooth waters, kind of a card about trusting the process. Here, this person, yes, they have a lot of stuff hanging over them right now. Yeah, they got a lot of swords they're dealing with, but they're looking out at the water and the water is untroubled and the sun is shining just past it. So this card is really, truly either telling you hey, you have weathered the storm before and you're going to continue to fucking weather it. Or it's, hey, you weathered the storm. You did it. You fucking did it and you survived it and you got through it. And now it's time to look forward to the parts that aren't so desolate. Okay. This is not a card that immediately is, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. It is a card of like, okay, so what have I come to kind of a mastery with right now? What have I been dealing with that may finally be fucking over or I can see the light at the end of that tunnel for it? Or, hey, like, you literally get to marry the love of your life and you never have to go through heartbreak again. You never have to date again. You never have to do that. This is the part of your life where you where you don't start trying to start it, but you actually get to build it. And that's super appropriate because after we finish the suit of swords, we go into the suit of pentacles we are, where we are then building our literal physical material worlds, our relationships, our families, our bank accounts, hopefully. Capitalism, Yay. Um, our jobs, our careers, our families, our whatever, our friend groups, growing our community. Um, so when you pull the Ten of Swords, don't don't pull this card and think to yourself, fuck. Think to yourself, okay. Because the really the meat of this card is not this person bleeding out on a beach, because they're not. It's this person knowing that there's no more there's no swords left. That's it. They've they they've they've done all the swords. They've had all the feelings. They've had all of the thoughts, the best thoughts, the worst thoughts, the in-between thoughts, the big happy emotions, the big sad emotions, the terrible angry emotions, the 
fear emotions. And now they're they're looking at what's coming on the other side and it's smooth waters and sunny days. So when you pull this card, don't do the panning. It's very likely that the yucky stuff has already happened and you're on the other side of it. Or it's very likely that it's telling you you don't have to worry about this anymore. You, you've done you 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 don't have to worry about this. We've done the worrying about this, and now the worrying about this needs to be you get you can stop worrying about it now. Um, it's not going to get any worse. It can't get worse. It can only get better. Um, and so if I were going to again, like I said, attribute a word to this, it would be survival. You did it. You fucking did it. Um, the ten of wands and the ten of swords really kind of resonate in that same sort of energy. I feel like in the ten of wands, that person is picking up all of those wands, and some people will say that person needs to delegate. But it doesn't make sense in regards to the fact that we teach the suits one through ten as a, going through and becoming a master of it. So in this in this ten of wands, that person picks up all the stuff, and yeah, they can delegate if they want to. They if they they can make it easier on themselves if they want to, but they also know that they're fucking capable and strong. And they can do it. They can do it on their own. It's up to them. It's, if, they, if they have no other choice but to do it on their own, they fucking can and they will. They can also delegate, yes. But, that, but delegation is, it's not telling you that you're not capable enough or strong enough to do it on your own. It's saying you are strong enough. You're strong enough to share the responsibility. You're strong enough to carry this by yourself. You are fucking strong. And here in the 10 of sorts, it's the same message, but in your mind. You're fucking strong enough to deal with this. You've already dealt with it. You can do it. You are strong enough. You are capable. You can talk this through. You can think it through. You can get help to help work through some of the more, the harder big T or little T trauma things that have happened. But you are capable. You've survived. You will survive again. Smooth waters, sunny days ahead. This card is really a card of hope. And we don't see it that way because we're scared of the imagery that people choose to use for it. If I were going to draw this card with my infinitely terrible drawing skills that I'm currently, you guys know there's a right way and a wrong way to draw a cube in a circle? I'm learning that. There is. Anyway, regardless, back to the point. Um, if I were going to draw this card, I would draw, I would, I would draw, I would honestly, this is so fucking stupid. And if this doesn't tell you that I grew up in the church, listen, I'm not religious. I just, that's my lived experience. Okay. I would draw on the front half of the card a big thunderstorm and a person with an with a really heavy duty umbrella under it where they're not getting wet by it and then a rainbow in the background and that person knowing everything there is to know about how to find themselves safe in a big storm, how to keep themselves dry, how to weather it, right? Knowing that as soon as that rain is done, they're going to get to the rainbow part. That's how I would draw this card. Maybe I will <laughs> with a little stick figures. But as we all know, it is the part of the podcast that's everybody's favorite. It is current events, the sequel. It's the part of the podcast where I talk about current events again. It is the collective reading, which in a way is also talking about current events, y'all. The only reason I can do the collective reading is because of the current event. We, I'm going to hop off my soapbox right fucking now. The collective reading for this week is the Six of Wands. So this coming week, you know, six is a heart-based number. Really pay attention to, don't be afraid to be proud of something. Um, I think a really easy way to explain this is that it is very often, I Gabe tells me this all the time, is that I will give him like the episode of my podcast, like I will give him the physical hard drive with this episode of the podcast on it. He will listen to it and I will go to him and I will say one of two things. If I'm particularly proud of what I had to say, I will phrase it as, was it good? Did you like it? Or I will phrase it as, was it bad? Did you like it? Did you understand it? Right? 
So I want to challenge you this coming week to phrase it the good way, the way that Gabe likes when I phrase it, the one that the one that means that I'm proud of what I did, even if I'm uncertain, even if I'm a little nervous. He 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 loves it when I come to him and I say, was it good? Because it means that I have pride in it. And my goal is to give him every episode. And after he edits it, say to him, was it good? Did you like it? And so that week, take that energy with you this week. You know, if you do something, even if it's even if you're like me and you're starting to do something that you're not very good at, like drawing and you know you're not that good at it, but you're learning, present it to people with, was it good? Did you like it? Instead of, was it bad? Is it really bad? Even just that kind of perspective shift, it's not going to do much for the person talking to you, but it's going to do a lot for your brain. You should take pride in the things that you do and the things that you tried hard on, even if they're not, even if you know that you're not a natural at it. So whether that's drawing or whether that is, whether that's taking a test, because I know semesters are coming up, whether that's like studying, you know, you're not like the most avid studier or the best studier, but like turning in the test and like, rather than waiting for that grade back and being like, it was so bad, I super fucked it up and making yourself feel like shit, just be like, you know what? Like, it could be good. I don't need to worry about it. I did it. This could be good. That's not me saying don't study. That's me saying do your best. That's me saying do your best and then be proud of your best. I guess that's what I'm saying for this week. And then try to phrase it in your head as you're showing it or introducing it to people. Don't say to them, it was bad. Was it bad? Say, was it good? Did you like it? Because you should be proud of the things you do, even if you're not so much a natural at it. I think that's kind of the, the, one of the fun little lessons in things about the six, six of wands is to teach yourself how to feel victorious, even when you don't feel super victorious about something. Okay. Um, as most of you know, or should know, if you follow my Instagram, uh, I don't know why you should know this if you don't follow the Instagram. I apologize for that. That was a rude assessment to make. But I get to pie my husband in the fucking face today. In fact, he's actually out right now. And if he forgot to get pie, I will literally scream at him because we hit 200 reviews over Apple and Spotify. I'm so excited. I'm going to pie him in the face so fucking hard. I'm going to get video of it and I'm going to post it to Instagram so everybody can see it. Again, that my Instagram handle is Awakened Tarot. Um, I will pop, maybe put it on TikTok depending on the length of the video. You only got three minutes on TikTok. Um, but I'm very, I'm very excited. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. I believe that this is the week that Gabe does stars and shit. I could never remember if I named it star shit or stars and shit, which is a problem because like I literally named it. So I don't know. So it's going to be a big week. Um, I'm very excited. We are so grateful for you all. The reviews, um, especially like the kind ones. Thank you. Like they make, they make our day and they like, they literally make my week. (laughs) I love when you guys message me and tell me you love the podcast. It means everything. And I really appreciate this ability to just really shove a pie in his bearded face. Uh, thank you. Okay. Um, I don't have to end this podcast episode. Gabe does. Bye. I just realized people on Patreon are going to see that. Mm. Is that what you're going to call it, though? Is that what you're going to call it? Do I get to name it? Stars and shit. Hey everybody, welcome to Stars and Shit, your monthly dose of astrology with Gabe. Since this is a tarot podcast, I'm going to talk about a couple transits for the month of March and then give some ideas for readings that you can do based on the planets and symbolism. 
If any of you have been listening to any other astrology content out there, then you probably know that March is a pretty big month in, in the world of astrology. And there's a couple very slow-moving planets moving into some signs all kind of at the same time. Um, so very exciting. I've been listening to content about, about this shift for uh, probably close to six months and kind of compiling notes of my own uh, throughout. So I'm going to try not to drag on too much. I'll, I'll, I'll hit the points and we'll get through it. So we're talking about Saturn moving into Pisces on March 7th, which if you're listening to this on Monday when it comes out will be Tuesday. Um, this is happening at the same time as a full moon in Virgo. Um, very cool. Uh, the next one is Pluto moving into Aquarius. Um, Pluto has been in Capricorn for um, 20 some odd years and is shifting into Aquarius. Um, so very big, very big transits um, of these two planets. Uh, but before we get started with um, diving into some of the significations and what this means and then the reading, I want to talk about archetypes and define it for you, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term and what it means for um, astrology uh, in particular. But in, um, just because we're talking about two more or less malefic planets, um, and I don't want that to be misconstrued. So an archetype is a recurrent symbol or motif in literature, art, mythology, certain approaches to psychology, um, and of course, religion, occult studies, and uh, divinatory practices like astrology and like tarot. Um, another important attribute is that they are typically, in, in astrology especially, um, embodying the entire spectrum of, of the space. The good, bad, and everything in between, basically. Um, and I say this because, again, we're talking about Saturn and Pluto, which at their, at their core both represent, like, death and constraint and boundaries and transformation. Um, and and those, are, those, are, those are big things and sometimes hard things to talk about and to stomach. So what I don't want is for this, this whole talk to be taken as what bad things are coming, um, because I think there's a whole lot of the good whole lot of good that can come from malefic planets. Um, so just something to keep in mind. So first, let's hit Saturn. Saturn has been in Aquarius since, since about the beginning of the year in, in 2020. As you know, uh, a lot started and a lot was going on. Themes of withholding, restructuring, um, old ways, dying hard, and um, diving into the fabric of our foundations. An innovative spirit was forced onto us by uh, the pronouncement of, of restriction. The mother of invention is necessity, is I think the old saying. So again, needless to say, a lot has been brought to the surface in these past couple years and continues to be. Um, moving on a little bit to Pluto now, which is going to enter Aquarius. Um, I like to think about this as a metaphor where you're mowing a lawn, Saturn has gone through, picked up the sticks, cleared some things out of the way, and done a nice job prepping. Maybe they trimmed some hedges. And then Pluto is going to come in with the big lawnmower and cut the grass. So Pluto in Aquarius is asking for how to wrench the new from the old. 
Um, so some old ways, like just earlier in this episode, um, we were talking about some really kind of old school, horrible laws being passed. Some of that is a gross expose of ideals, principles, politics, uh, societal mechanisms. Kind of like, where are the bad algorithms? The archetype of Pluto is, is one that pulls the magic thread. Um, to get to the magic thread, though, sometimes you have to do a little surgery, a little, a little digging. Um, sometimes you have to clean some other stuff out and put it in a trash bag and bag it up before you can get to the spot that you need to fix that will, that will make it all work. And from this, there's a lot of talk about technological advances. Um, that's kind of an Aquarius archetype, is, is furthering, furthering the line, furthering the knowledge, and um, bringing what is needed to society, to people, to friends. One more quick thing about Pluto in Aquarius historically is um, the last time it was, it was there was during the start of the Revolutionary War in the U.S. and in France. Also, Uranus was discovered in 1781, and there was also, oddly, something I found was the eruption of a volcano in Iceland um, that led to destruction and famine for in Europe in 1783. Just kind of an odd uh, parallel there, maybe. Um, or maybe just something for next time you play Trivial Pursuit. So, uh, honing in a little bit, I think the best way to incorporate a reading for for this month is to reflect on on what what has gone on in the past couple years everything that you have learned everything you've been through all of the adjustments and reconstruction that you've made in your own lives saturn has been preceding pluto and i think kind of let preparing us for what might need to be let go long term because transformation changes Adjustments are way harder when someone is resisting, when, when you're trying to hold on to something. It makes, it makes it really hard to change. And if that change needs to happen or is going to happen, whether you can do anything about it or not, then letting go sometimes is the best thing to do. I'm not saying always, um, but this is sort of symbolically is, is what we're being kind of asked to think about a little bit and what areas should we be letting go. Um, is, is how I take this. Um, and just to get on my soapbox for a minute, that's, that's a lot of what I um, believe astrology is very good for and that I have learned from is that bad transits, hard transits, difficult planets and difficult signs are inevitable. They're always going to show up. Symbolic also of life in that there's always going to be something to weather. There's always going to be another storm, you know. So rather than just kind of hoping and praying for good weather, which there will be good weather as well, um, it's to be more flexible and how to get through those things and still be happy and, and to still pursue your joy, you know. So the reading I had in mind for this month was, um, it can be as in-depth as you want it to be, but basically to... Do a poll for um, the year 2020 to 2021, and then 2021 to 2022, and then 2022 to 2023. So three years. Um, you could poll one card for each year, uh, three cards for each year. And what I thought and what I actually did when I did this reading was 
um, I pulled three cards and then I reflected. I wrote down, I wrote down the cards and then I wrote down my interpretation and it was very enlightening. And then after I did all of that, I did a poll for the future and it allowed me to kind of see and everything I learned and put it into a new perspective, a perspective provided by, provided by the tarot cards. And I, and I found it, um, very warming and, and then the poll that I did for the future was also reminiscent of some of those themes and that I might be better prepared uh, now in expecting some of those things and that I might be more curious or more flexible. And ultimately, as, as Pluto enters Aquarius at the end of the month and as Saturn enters Pisces, uh, we, will, we will know what we've been through and be able to approach that with a little bit more uh, humility and humor, maybe. As a closing note, I think Saturn in Pisces is going to be pretty fun, and that over uh, a full moon, that transition with a full moon, um, especially in Virgo, will help us overanalyze it, probably. <laughs> um, and so um, you can expect some romanticism, idealization, um, for better or worse. There might be a little bit more psychology, therapy, occult study, symbolism, maybe religion changes in some way for you or for society. I think the one good piece of advice that I've heard with Saturn and Pisces is learning how to keep one foot on the earth. Pisces likes to try and get away, to escape. So thank you very much. I would really love to know if you guys tried any of these readings out um, and how they're going for you. All right, that's all I've got. We'll see you next week for the next episode. Please, if you like this podcast, rate and subscribe. Um, it sounds like I'm getting a pie in the face today, so um, maybe I can weasel my way out of it and just skip the pie section at the store or something. But if I don't, surely there will be a video very soon. Ugh.